Eleanor without a bar. Welcome to 3PNR. I'm your host, Adam R. And with me on this episode is Darlene Christopher, astrologer and psychic medium. Darlene, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks for being on. So real sit, let's uh, let's dive in with the beginning of this. What what got you to where you are? We'll put you on this path. Well, when I was a little girl, I was four actually, and I wanted to be a psychic. <laughs> I uh, And maybe I thought it was natural that everybody, in which I do think everybody is very, very psychic. I think some of us use it more than others and have it more fine tuned. But um, I I was I was conscious that I could like finish people's sentences, and I thought everybody could do that. So I um, I just kind of knew what they were going to say before they said it. And again, I think that has to do with like kids are really easily they can pick things up they're very uh, they're very receptive if you will you know and actually I noticed that with my own children who are very psychic and I would just like open up the refrigerator and and I would think and all I need is cheese and my little boy would be like and cheese mommy you know <laughs> <laughs> so like they're very or I'll be driving down the road at four o'clock in the afternoon and normally I don't have coffee at four um, but this is how psychic kids are. They, at least what I've experienced with my children is that, um, you know, they're just, they're so receptive. And I, I'm driving down the street and I'm thinking, oh, it's four o'clock. I really shouldn't have coffee, but I really want one right now and um, wouldn't be so bad. And and my two-year-old boy says, no coffee for me. Thanks, mom. And I'm uh-huh. just thinking. So I think kids are really more in touch with the spirit world, but I just... I just went from there. I, I used to play games with my sister, um, color games, and tried to figure out what she, which one she was thinking. And you know, we'd play games like that. And um, from you know, uh, the biggest theme that I had growing up was my my dream space, my dream world was very active, and that you know, I would dream things, and then they would come true pretty quickly. You know. Um, like like my house burning down and I was forewarned about that. And that's kind of a big deal when you're, you're like, Oh my God, I just had the mirror, you know, and, and then it happened. So I was hot, but that that's, that's the dark side of that, you know, or, right. or I dreamt, you know, once that my very uh, religious raising grandmother was, um, I had a dream that she was mugged and it was a bad dream. And I woke up and saying, Oh my, you've got to get the mace out. I had a bad dream, grandma. And, and she's like, don't say that stuff. That's from the devil, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was sort of suppressed and in, in, on that end of it, you know, in a way that I, I couldn't convey what I was seeing. And she, she'd be like, you keep your visions to yourself. You, those are from the devil. And I, I, so I went for years and, and, and shut it down. Well, two days later, after I had that dream, she was mugged. So it was, it was sort of a bad omen. And I, I, it, it was hard on me because I didn't want to say things that were negative, right? So it taught me in a way to kind of, it helped me in my early formative years to just like observe situations that might be not so, so good, but to be mindful not to plant seeds, you know, right. because especially in today's world, I mean, we're in, we're in such a fear-based place right now. And I think what we really need is to project to the future of what we'd like to see 
not what we're stuck in with all the propaganda. Indeed. Yeah. You know, speaking of that too, with psychics, uh, my belief system, the human brain is the most complicated computer on planet earth currently. And to your point earlier, I think everyone's psychic. I just don't think they utilize that part of their computer. When I say, by the way, in the future, when I say computer, I'm referencing the brain. Cause that's how I look at it. And so I hear a lot, a lot of people discuss like uh, miracles happen, right? People get hurt. They have car accidents. Like this one guy, I reference him quite often. He had a traumatic head injury, completed piano on a master's level. Now, you know, no, no lessons. So I think everyone has the ability to be psychic. I think that receptor is there in our computer. We just don't utilize that part of our brain and children. Like you were saying earlier, they're uncorrupted by what the world is, what we call fact. They're still absorbing. They're still learning. And, they could be even more intuitive than, than what we give them credit for. Uh, unfortunately, but today they're occupied with, you know, phones and tablets and games. And so that, that uh, receptor in their brain is now it's, it's bypassed, right? It's overlooked. And so for you, when you're, when you're, disc when you said to me, you wanted to be a psychic as a kid, I think it's because your computer, your brain was aware of the software and you wanted to hone it. And it's, and like any other skill that requires focus, it doesn't, you know, it's not magical. you got to hone that skill. You got to craft it a bit, learn it. It's not going to be natural. Right. And so I, I was fascinated. I, every weekend, my grandmother would take us to the um, bookstore and I was obsessed with astrology at eight years old. And I, it was the one like Sidney Omar and, and Linda Goodman actually helped me understand myself because I felt so alienated from the rest of the world in a way. I didn't understand why I felt so strange, awkward, you know, like, like I could see through people, but I felt removed in a, in a detached kind of way that would make me feel like I couldn't get too really close in a sense. But I see that that's now my superpower because as much as I like, I've got a lot of Aquarius in me with a Pisces North node, which is um, service to humanity and, and the consciousness of logic, if you will, you know, to, to remove oneself in order to serve humanity. Right. And I feel that through my veins, you know, at every core and, and, you know, with um, going back to the children for a minute, one thing that I like with my own kids, my kids, my daughter, especially <clears throat> when, when she was just three, this is and it, what, what's happened in my life has actually been so very healing at like with the situations like reincarnation. Cause I get a lot of people that come to me that want to have people talk through the dead. And I can't always guarantee that that's going to happen. Right. Because right. sometimes, and especially if I look at their birth chart and their death chart and they're like, wow, this is really a sociable person, you know, um, say they have like five planets in Libra. They're not going to want to hang out in outer space waiting for the rest of them to catch up. I don't think so. I think people can reincarnate maybe quickly. Who knows? I mean, we don't know exactly when things can come back. But I think it's interesting that my daughter at just three years old said, Mommy, when I was your mommy and you were my little girl and you were small, 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 you didn't clean. And I was trying to get her to clean her toys up. And for six months, she kept calling me daughter, not mom but daughter. And I finally sat down and I said, okay, but not in this life, you know? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, she's uh, and still to this day, she's just this old little wise old soul that, 
is like a mother to me who sends me out to my, my weekend work with my lunch in my hand. I mean, she's just, mom, go to bed. It's time. <laughs> she's like this little old soul. And when I was eight, I looked at my own mother, which is not the same person in this life and not the same soul. But I said, mom, who's going to be the mother in this life, me or you? Because I knew that I'd been her mother in previous lives. I just knew without a doubt. So I, I know that we keep coming back and I know that we're here to work and work out our lessons. But I was, I was, that, I was obsessed with astrology and I, I was led to the path that I was led to with the books and the, a book was given to me, a palmistry book was given to me. Um, and I was working for a company called Path Management. So I was exposed to a lot of leadership programs early on that I got to go to and get paid for. And while I was, uh, I was just 17, actually, and I, I waltzed in that office, you know, and I said, I want to be a seminar leader. How can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and their answer was, well, with a few degrees and a few gray hairs, you might be able to work that out. So I went to college and, <laughs> and I, I, I put aside my um, desires for becoming a psychic, but uh, and I got, I was attracted to the criminal psychology world so that I could go help reform the, the prisoners because they need love too, right? Mm. Of course. But I, uh, you spoke of a, a, an accident. When I was um, 16, what I learned was, was about the power of the word. And, and it taught me so much that um, even before I read like Louise Hayes or, or one of the books that I really um, enjoyed reading when I was young was um, Florence Scovel Shin's work, which is, she's got this compilation called Wisdom. And in it, she, one of the books is um, Your Word is Your Wand, uh, The Power of the Word. I, and, and also, oh, it's The Game of Life. That's the one that started me. But Your Word is Your Wand. Um, well, she taught me that your word is your wand. And so you have to be conscious of what you speak, Right. Well, I'm in, uh, I, and when I was 16, I um, was afraid to take on a ski trip because I didn't want to keep myself from going. I was obsessed with Seattle. I didn't want to like not be able to go to Seattle, graduate and be able to get there. So I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to break any bones. Thanks, but no. Well, sorry, not when, not when I was 16, when I was 17, because I was in my senior year. And, um, but when I was 16, I was obsessed with Seattle and I sent the chamber of commerce, send me all you got. And I was just, I was into it. I was, I wanted to live there. I was just, you know, I'm from Missouri. I'm from Kansas city, Missouri. What was the attraction um, to Seattle? It just like, I heard it and it felt right. You know, it was like, Oh, Seattle, that's Watertown. You know, I just, I had this fascination with it and I, I don't know. It just rang true to me. So, huh. um, yeah, so I was I was uh, getting all that I could from you know Chamber of Commerce. I was I was into it, you know. And when I was um, seventeen, I got this. Um, I got into a car, and it was interesting because a week before I got into this major head-on collision, uh, my my dad said to me, my stepdad, he said, you know, if you if you had enough fear in you, you could actually crush a steering wheel. And I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. Steering was so really hard and, I, and that's not going to happen to me. Well, a week later, I was witnessing something like that with my, with my now, um, with that boyfriend that was in the driver's seat who passed a car and we didn't make it. 
and and it was kind of bizarre because just literally an hour before that, I spoke the words because he was a crazy driver. Um, no offense to him, but uh, he was actually the guy that would like he ran across state line with helicopters chasing him in his Mach One. He was, wow. he was really, <laughs> really crazy driver. So that guy was anyway, exciting, is what you're saying? Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> it was a little unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I was in the car the first half and I, I mentioned I, I was driving down the first half and my dad gave me a map to the fastest way. Well, that was the theme of my life at the time, you know, going nowhere fast. And anyway, I, I mentioned to him, I passed a car and I just made it was we were on Highway 7, which is a really snake like road down to the Ozarks is no longer there anymore, actually, because so many people died on that, including my very best friend died on that. Lisa Harrison died on that, that road. But anyway, um, long short of it, I, we were on that snake-like road and I passed a car and it was fine. And I made a joke, a bad joke. And I said, you know, it's a good thing you weren't driving. We might not have made that pass. And sure enough, an hour later, he passed a car and we didn't make it. And now I'm not only, all my fears just came to pass of me being handicapped, not being able to leave the house, being dependent upon my parents, which was also one of my greatest fears. And because I just wanted freedom, I just wanted to get out and run, run away to Seattle. Well, the interesting um, irony of this was that, yes, I was handicapped for a year. Yes, I you know, had to have assistance, you know, even in the restroom. It was, it was hard on me. I broke my arm, my leg. I had the severe concussion. I, my head hit the windshield. It was, it was just really, I was lucky I, I could walk. But after that accident, I realized I couldn't suppress my intuition anymore, that, that the spirit world saved me from death. It, it, that, the police said it was a car impact of 165 because most people were going, this was a highway, you know? So it was like, I, I was facing death and, and I, you know, it was, it was bad because we hit a Lincoln town car and the town car crushed our car. And it, so much so that that steering wheel literally looked like it was compacted almost in half. It was kind of crazy. And granted, we had a seven foot skid. So did my boyfriend crush that? I don't know. Did the car in front of us compound it? I don't know. But that's what it looked like to me. And it was, it was very scary. But anyway, the good thing that came out of that accident was that within a few weeks, and granted, I was in crutches and on, on Darvacet, which was a horrible drug, you know, painkillers. Um, but uh what, what happened was my mom got a job with FEMA and it was based on the, her training was based in Seattle. So interestingly enough, I, I kind of manifested in a roundabout way to get to go to Seattle in my senior year. Cause that wouldn't have happened because I was in school. So I, you know, I, I was aware that the consciousness of mind can actually create situations. So we have to be very mindful, uh, you know, of anything. Uh, and granted, I of course finished my school in Missouri and I went to college at the at the UMKC to study criminal psychology. But there was a vanity in me that I wanted to finish at the U and, and University of Washington. And, and, and so it was because the very last quarter of my uh, college, I got um, a free ticket to go to Las Vegas. And, and on that trip, um, which I won't go into too, too many details, I met somebody from Seattle. And from there my life shifted and I, I came up. And what was great about coming to Seattle was that when I, my very first job, I, three people, three practically strange 
straight two strangers plus my boyfriend. I said, where should I go to work? Because I, I need a residency so I could get that. You know, I wanted to take a year off to get residency. And, and three people, all three people said, go to Lake Bellevue Cafe. Well, Lake Bellevue Cafe was 35 minutes away from where I lived. It wasn't like going down the street to work at, you know, the, a bar and grill. It was, it was specific about going to Lake Bellevue Cafe. Well, I go in, I get the job right away. And the first night that I'm there, Doug Johnston, who's, I hope he's still alive. I, I don't know. It was years ago. I was only 23 at this time. He said, he looked at my palm and I was, I, I was so fortunate because it wasn't busy. And I just, I went up to him and I said, can you read my palm? And it was great. It was, it was such a beautiful moment of fate. And he looked at my palm and he said, you're a clairvoyant, your dreams come true. And it was for the first time somebody had really seen me, you know, and, and yeah. like put me on my path. And, and he said, you'll be doing what I'm doing one day. And it just launched me into everything that I'd always studied. You know, I was drawn to the masters. I was drawn to people like Gandhi. And I loved the, the teachings of Jesus, even though I, I abhor what Christianity has done. You know, I, well, I'm I, sure even Jesus would be upset with the direction of Christianity. Let me be honest. Right? That, that guy spoke positive messages about, you know, togetherness and prayer didn't never mentioned a church or a house or, or a religious leader. So yeah, to that point, you're, you're not alone in that. Good point, Adam. Very good point. Anyway, I love, I love the message of what he represents though, of unconditional love. And, right. And all that that we have in ourselves, in our being, you know. And if there's one message I have, it, it is to be nothing but love, and and to really be nothing but love in our being. And and when you, and you know, I was talking to a, a drug addict today, my last client, and I was we were talking to the extent of where because he goes back and forth of falling off the, off the wagon, and you know, I I I told him that the very thing that what I love about a drug per se, you know what? Cause I, when I was young, I, I, of course I had a wild life when I was young. I, 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 I experimented with pot. Okay. I was, I was young in that realm of um, like running away from, from my home a lot. I was, I lived in a kind of a tumultuous upbringing, but I believe that I saw so much of, of, of the other side of things that I, I could have compassion for those people. But I was telling this addict, that I feel like what I got from the experience of, of drugs per se, because everybody, you know, here you come to Seattle and everybody's got, you know, there's so much here. There's, there's like a drug pot shop on practically every corner. I'm surprised that like, you know, I'm surprised Starbucks hasn't like, you know, bought them all out. Because <laughs> we got just as many of those too. But the point I was saying to this drug addict was that what I love about love is that, you feel you can feel so high at like a level of oxytocin that you can't get from any drug. Do you know? And when you feel that much love emanating from you and, and to the whole world and, and, you know, for yourself, you won't want to need drugs anymore. You won't want to run away from yourself anymore. So I, it was, it was, I love to empower people is the point. Yeah. I, you know, to your point, when some people use drugs, they're suppressing something that's internally 
you know, dissolving them, right? Or some people use it as a coping mechanism. Uh, and it's just really, it's a, it's, I guess at some point you find some other way to cope or, you know, whether it be a hobby or I, I'm guilty of a lot of a bad habits myself, not drugs per se, but when I get down and out, I have this habit where I pace and think and it carries on through the evening, right up to the night, disturbs my sleep because my computer, my brain never turns off. It's always, if I wake up in the middle of the night, it's in full gear thinking about who knows what, right? So a lot of that is compensation. And we, we were talking about earlier, um, I think Earth is a proving ground. I think we're here as a proving ground. I, I think, especially when you study, like you like astrology and, you know, I like learning about the universe and you look at the cosmic web and it does the, 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 the architecture of the, the cosmic web. So I think to, your, to what you were saying earlier, I think we do get recycled. I think Earth is a proving ground. And depending on what we do here, is whether or not we go to another plane or level post here or we did, or you didn't do great here. You did a bad job. You're a bad person. You're going to get recycled and you got to, you got to try again. Or like maybe what your daughter's experiencing, you did so well here. We're going to recycle you and keep, keep you here because we need that kind of positivity to keep growing this, this proving ground earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's love. Yeah. And talk about your mind getting lost in your mind. Do you ever drop down into your heart? What does your heart want to feel? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you could walk in a room right now. And I've said this a lot of times, there'd be a group of people in there. There was some animosity before you got there. I mean, they're shrugging it off. Like it's not there, but you could feel it when you walk in. There's no question that tension. Uh, when, when I was saying, I think everyone's psychic, they, or at least they have that, that they have the, the, the receptor. They just don't have the software, et cetera, et cetera. I talked to a lot of cops and a lot of cops, they say the same thing. I had this feeling, this gut feeling about it. I think they're honing that part of their brain. They just don't realize it. You know, they, they, they prefer to look at it as an instinct or something, you know, more grounded in science. But I think when I hear them speak about, you know, it was a gut feeling and I just knew it. I think some people tap into that. I think I also believe people in sports like uh, that are awesome athletes and they're, they're tapping this, this, what I call the X factor. I think it's the same thing. I think focus and, and psychic abilities. And I think a lot of these things are all in, all one and the same. I think the, good. Yes. Oh, but I also believe there's a very strong, real spiritual world that is very active in my, in my daily life. I mean, I, it blows my mind how even like things I don't even understand that I'll say and they understand or what, you know, one of my favorite all time dreams that um, blew my mind from the spirit world. It was, it was a direct Several times in my life, actually, where, um, like, for instance, I, I had a book, a trip booked to Cabo and I was, my girlfriend was going to meet me and I hadn't looked at my kids' passports. I just assumed that they were expired the same time as mine. And I had a dream th- th- about the passports. And I, I, like, lo and behold, three days before my trip, I'm like, oh my God, my, my kids my they're expired i got a rush and and had i not been gift, gifted that direction i would have gone to the airport and just shown them my passport and they would have sent me home or one of my most favorite interesting most profound existential experiences on the planet i dreamt that a ghost was going to use my car now imagine the horror when you wake up a ghost is going to use my car what does that mean? And at the time, 
I, I was driving this beautiful uh, blue Porsche, which I said, if I, I, no matter how much money I had, and I don't want to judge those with Porsches or whatever, I, I don't judge anything. Right. But at the time when I was young, I used to say, well, no matter how much money I had, I will never drive a Porsche because that's just a status and I don't need that. It's ego. And no offense to anybody who's got that. But I just was, that was where I was at at the moment. That's what my perception was. Well, and, and that's not the truth today, whatever, for all, for all you people that love your cars. But at the time, that was my, I judged it. And so what the universe does is it takes us through all our situations in life and what we judge, and it confronts us with those judgments and says, oh, yeah, okay, we'll try this on. And, and you get to experience the empathy of that judgment. Well, I was in this metallic beautiful blue Porsche that was given to me. I, I said, I'd never drive a Porsche. Well, within a year I, I was gift, I was gifted a Porsche and by my boyfriend. And he says, this will be your car and titled it in my name. I didn't ask for any of this. He just gave me the keys. He wanted to make me feel secure. Cause I just moved my life up from Kansas city to, to finish school at the U, which I did. And I changed my degree to literature and, um, I was happy with that because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to take pre-calc, to be honest. And funny enough, because if I would have gone to the criminal psychology world, I, would have, I was, I was going to have to take pre-calc. But uh-huh. funny enough, my very first client was a pre-calc teacher. Isn't that, I mean, and she offered to tutor me and I thought that was so sweet, but I, and she's still my client today, as a matter of fact, still old as she is. Cause I started when I was, you know, 24, I started reading right after that guy said I would do it. I went right after it and the doors open and the world open. But in this dream, I dreamt that, um, that my, the ghost was going to use my car. And I thought, what the heck? Well, that, day and mind you my boyfriend loved this car so much he this car was his baby and it was it was i walked into a space of kind of like living a cinderella life with this guy that he was he was very wealthy and he could afford anything and i you know i just learned about the power of matter right right but but i also i saw the bounds to it and how he had to work seven days a week to get on that well anyway the the point of this dream was i got in the car that day i was a little nervous of course and I started driving, and sure enough, the hood, from which he thought it was fixed, because the hood had, he needed, he got a new paint job, and after the hood was supposedly fixed, well, the hood flies up and hits the windshield, and it was it was wild because I, I didn't hit anybody, nobody hit me, but it was enough to scare me. Well, I got on the phone and I called my boyfriend and I said, "Hey, there's been an accident." And he doesn't ask me how I am. He says, how's the car? <laughs> so the, it was so interesting because the ghost used the car to show me a lesson about this material person that was in my life that I just like, I, and I had to walk away from it all. And I did. And I've, I've you know, I had I walked away from all that life and that, that house and all his things. And, you know, I, I just, and I, I learned these lessons that, that I meant to learn to sort of experience so that I could relate to my client's life, you know, and, and, and that person was, it was, it was intense because it was, um, and there was a lot of control around, and I just had to resolve, I had to go through that and, and get sort of on the other side of what I was about to encounter with all my clients, you know, cause I see so many things come up in the world that I now I've experienced. <laughs> you know, to your point, no one's ever said I got the Porsche because it has amazing gas mileage and I like shopping with it. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know, let's be honest what a Porsche is. It's exactly that. It's status. It's fast. Cause 
I, I don't, you don't take, well, I mean, today they have that Porsche, the Cayenne, whatever it is. I guess you could go shopping in it. Still not practical, but yeah, I see your point on that. <laughs> well, again, I don't want to judge anything. I, no, it's not judging. You're just, it's, you're stating the obvious, you know, I, again, you know, the mom doesn't go pick up the soccer team in a Porsche. That's never going to happen. You know, so. <laughs> Well, I don't know. My uh, my kids at school, we, we saw this uh, this guy ahead of us that was dropped off in a Lamborghini. We, you know, the whole, like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be that kid, but um, maybe. Maybe that's his dream, you know. You, all, you always get your dream one way or another, right? Yeah. So for me, what I think what we call consciousness, I think is our, I think it's the same thing as our soul. I think we're definitely, well, not I think, I have to believe 100% that we're just pure energy on the inside, right? If you look at the, the human brain and our computer and how it sends electro signals through the body for, so when we pass from here, uh, we, we're definitely in a form of energy. That being said, and I've said this with a lot of people, this planet's 4 billion-ish years old. We don't know what walked around here prior to us and if it's energy still here as well. We don't, we also don't, we're not unaware. We're just now starting to explore the idea of parallel universes, right? Now, oh, yeah. That, yeah, put this in your mind. We're testing nuclear devices in the middle of a desert in the forties, thirty, or yeah, forties, fifties and so on. And, uh, we, we test them there because it's vacant. There's nothing around. All right. Now, who's to say that you're not hard, you know, we are harnessing the power of the sun and you're not melting someone in another plane, like whole, a whole, you know, an entire community is being destroyed in another, in, a, in an alternate universe, right? I hear, I think of these things. I think about us being energy. I think, of, I think spirits are pure energy. And it makes me question what it is we perceive, right? Because a lot, of, a lot of what we understand is what we perceive as, as people, as regular people. If we could see it, touch it, feel it, it's real. And then we could study it and learn it. It's when it's harder to learn is when we throw stigmas at it. Because it's beyond science's full comprehension, so we have to shoot it down. It's, there's no way it's crazy talk, right? I mean, or it's the devil or whatever, whoever the scapegoat is for that particular period of time. Yeah. So for you, when you get involved with psychic work, I imagine you're, and, and what you said earlier about people saying, well, I want to talk to my dead uh, uncle. Well, he may not be here. He might have went to the next plane. He might have been recycled. They, they don't hang around waiting for you, you know it's it's unfair to think that your relatives are going to pass and they're just lingering around waiting for you. They're not going to do that. There's, there's, there's a new adventure for all we know, right? They go to the next, probably a, a whole, think about how big the universe is and how many planets like earth there are. It's, it's a, a astounding number now. And those planets might be primitive, right? They might be in their forties. They might be in their bronze age, but you could recycle to any one of these planets. If you look at the cosmic web and I choose to believe this is my own personal theory yeah. that, that the cosmic web, if you look at it, it's like fiber octave cables that connect everything. And I think we, our energies could travel through that. I think there's definitely an architect. I don't, I'm not going to call him God because I, I, I never quite understood where that word came from. I'll call it the architect. Something's definitely behind uh, the design of things, or at least th th these are my opinions. So some people do get left behind, right? Because when you die, and I've, I've spoken to some afterlife people about it, and I've spoken to some paranormal people about it, and then I, you know, I had taken time to evolve the way I think, because prior to this podcast, if you died, the computer turned off, it was over. That was it. End of the game. Since the podcast, I've evolved because I'm learning more. 
So that being said, um, some people die like by a gunshot or a car accident. It's instant. And so their energy is kind of here in a state of confusion. Like what happened? What's going on? You know, they're kind of lost. So I don't know how accurate my thoughts or theories are, but this is what I gather over time. So for you, when you're, when you're consulting clients about, uh, I guess loved ones or, or whatever the case may be, these energies, I, I couldn't imagine them speaking to you directly like how you and I are, are right now, but I, I imagine they convey what I would call a knowing. Is that about right? Well, I feel, you know, what's interesting, and I, again, I can't guarantee that, and I always say, even though Jesus only took three days to reincarnate, you know, why would we be left out from an experience like that? You know, I, and I knew that growing up, by the way. I knew that when, when I listened in church, and I was raised in a very um, religious upbringing, and it's funny because my mother was Jesus love and freak and my father was an atheist. So in between that, I get the best of the both worlds of like, you know, my dad was like, you've got to create your life. And my mom's like, just pray about it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I know just what you're talking about. I have, I've had, I've I, not have, I have people like that in my life where they're God made here and that's it. And everything else is the devil. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's, right? it's, and it's hard because I'm a, really logical thinker, but I'm also an open-minded person. I don't doubt anything. And I think religion, by the way, I think religion's a good thing across the board. It's got a really positive message. That is until you put it in the hands of a very charismatic leader who wants to radicalize it. Then it's dangerous. Blind faith can be dangerous business if, if it's being spoken to you by a, a person with a different kind of agenda, right? So religion is beautiful until it starts killing people You're right or, yeah um or that you or I, war you. in the name of is what you mean yeah it's, it's, mm. it's crazy talk right can you imagine i could from everything we learned about jesus and he's a very peaceful man i don't picture him in a field somewhere saying shoot fire now the cat it's like you, i don't see it so no, not it, at all i think he, he would be turned over in his grave or whatever, <laughs> whatever body he's taken now. Oh, no. yeah, I know that. I, I think but he's looking I, down. He's probably like, what are these people doing? <laughs> I have. So, so one of the things that I do is, is I'm an empath and I feel what a strange occurrence I noticed growing up is that when I would get close to people that had pain in their body, I would feel it in my own. Hmm. And the same thing for, um, when the dead come over, when people like when they sit down and I, I feel their body parts that, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're diseased, but your body, your shockers will talk to me, you know, you know, like um, if I hear the name of, of a deceased person, sometimes I'll feel in my own body, what was their problem? Do you know? And I don't know where I know that or how I know that or why I do what comes up. But I, I know like, for instance, when um. It, 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 with a general person that's, that doesn't deal with the dead. Cause that's not, uh, that's not something that I, I like to stay present more than anything, you know, right. but if somebody sits down with me and, and my wrist hurts, well, I, it tells me that they're trying to shake something or someone off or, or if my ovary hurts, you know, and I'll ask him, are you ovulating or, you know, um, and, or, but sometimes the ovaries, I see so many women, that have ovarian stress and it's um, you know, it's where we harbor betrayal, sexual betrayal, you know, complicit affairs, unresolved issues around abortion, unresolved creative projects. I mean, you know, or, or if you take the kidneys and, you know, you ask somebody who's had a lot of kidney problems 
what is kidneys? And, you know, and this is all the work, by the way, from Louise Hayes and um, Carolyn Meese, who uh, one of those, I think it was Louise Hayes that coined the term, um, your biography is your biology. And, and so I, I studied under these people with um, their books. And, and I love that in the back of Louise Hayes' book, um, if you know that that person who she's, you know, Hay House books, if you're familiar, the metaphysical. I'm not familiar with that, but that your biology is your biography. I kind of like that. Biography is your biology. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you're a stress-filled person, you're going to have a, a, a stress-filled body, right? You're going to be sick. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense, right? If you're positive, it's, I, I mean, I, I could subscribe to that. Yeah. Or if you have colon issues, you know, that's where we hold grudges, you know, or um, so many women with breast problems, breast cancer, these uh, typically it's, it's a suppressed heartbreak, you know, or they don't want to express it. So there's, you know, the body will speak to you. And I truly believe I like, if you, if you study um, people like Brian Weiss, who he was the skeptical psychiatrist. Did you ever read many masters, many lives? No, I'm going to write that down right now. Actually. That was a good book because he was so very skeptical as a psychiatrist and he, he was um, circumspect about getting that out there to the community because he didn't want to, you know, be ostracized from his community, but that he discovered that when you go in and you meditate on what the disease in your body is asking from you, it can then heal. And the way I see it is if the body doesn't, if the soul doesn't break through, the body breaks down. So, huh. you you know, like your body will give you the lessons that you need. You know, when I, when I was in that head on collision, I was running nowhere fast. And, and, but, and there was this other part of me that knew that I wanted to write and study philosophy and, you know, be um, in, in that world of, you know, not only society, because I wanted my friends, but I also had this other, this hungering for, you know, hunger for knowledge. And um, the universe just sort of slowed me down. And that was the way it did it. So I, it's all things that, you know, are typically blessings in disguise, even COVID, you know, that whole, I, I hope something good has come out of COVID for everyone, you know, that they've, We've reevaluated our earth. We've reevaluated our time, our time management. We, we reevaluate life itself. And, you know, um, I hope that people can embrace all that, that that has gifted us with. And at the same time, see the illusion and the misuse of power. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that there's, especially with silencing people, right? The, the whole uh, censoring and, and taking people down. Every time I think I understand what's going on with COVID, I'm proven wrong day two, right after. I, I, I'm at a loss completely. That's the, uh, that, that disease is behaving in a way that I, I, in the history of man, I've never seen, never has there been a virus that's mutated this way and done the things it's doing and don't get vaccinated. It, it's, it's drawn a lot of lines. We already have so many lines in humanity, whether it be religion or politics or whatever. And that just adds to it. It's just these new campaigns of people that are pro this and anti that. There's people in my life, personal people in my life, that have attacked me uh, because I got vaccinated. Mm. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, I just I rolled the dice. I don't know if it's good or bad. I took the the consensus of the the majority. I want to be social again, but I want to be responsibly social. So I'm going to get the vaccine. And if it's not great for me, oh well. You know, I mean, <laughs> I listen. 
my answer to health, if, if you saw the amount of uh, vitamins I take a day, supplements, it's crazy. It's because I have this habit of, of tailoring what I think I need in the form of a supplement. And then it becomes, you know, normal for me. It's part of my daily regimen. It's, it's my routine. I take a bunch of vitamins. <laughs> it's, and, and this is long before COVID. I just have always been that way. But that's my way of dealing with like, well, I'm not feeling great here. What do I need? Maybe I need more vitamin C. So I'll get stronger vitamin C. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I think that's my, maybe that's my vice supplements. It's what I It's how I deal with when, when I feel icky, I guess you could say. Well, and Adam, you know, it's such a controversial thing. People are divided over it. It's, it's unfortunate. I, I don't want to comment on, I mean, I have a lot to say about vaccines and, 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 and but I don't want to go there because it's, it can, it's such a controversial, but I can tell you my secret and, and what I know about the lungs that it affects. And by the way, I got to give credit to another psychic who has now passed on. I don't know if you know who Sylvia Brown was, but she yeah. actually predicted in um, a book she wrote in 2008 that she, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's, it's very clear. She said that, in 2020, we would have a, a pandemic that would be uh, so deadly. It would affect the lungs. There'd be no cure. And it would leave as quickly as it come, only to return in 10 years. Well, in 10 years from 2020 is when Jupiter conjoins Pluto. And when Jupiter conjoins Pluto, it is a mass change in our not only consciousness the way we view our life the way we view god the way we have to transform our lives the way we have to transform power i i personally think that this has been a big big corruption of power i in fact when three months before i um the covid happened i and by the way i've never got covid and i think i know why not only do i and I can't say that people who get COVID have grief, but what is the lungs? The lungs are grief. They hold grief. So, and, and there's been a lot of grief. People, when, when this thing has started happening, you know, we get the lockdown. So many people get depressed. You know, when I was in my, my office, and mind you, I got this lovely office in Pike Place Market. And, I, you know, it just it feels like home to me here. But I would throw my cards every day because I'm a card reader as well. I like the archetypal journey of the tarot. And in every day, I would like for three months, I kept seeing in my own cards walking away from my office. And, you know, any psychic that I know can't really read from themselves. I mean, I throw my cards in the morning and it's an interesting meditation. By the end of the day, I like to see what happens. But for, and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what? Why would I ever leave my office other than to make a film, you know, and then I'd be making it here? But why would I leave? Why would, why would I leave? And I, I kept trying to figure it out. Is there going to be a tsunami? Is there going to be an earthquake? Is somebody going to die? Am I going to die? Are my kids going to die? None of that. I couldn't figure it out. But when I looked to the stars, when I looked to the planets, and I saw all these planets uh, in Capricorn, Pluto, Pluto is our transformer, Saturn, Saturn when, when Saturn was in and Jupiter, all the planets of control and corporation. And it's interesting because years ago I did a radio um, interview where I did the Sibley uh, United States Church where um, they asked me, I, I was going to, I focused on the return of Saturn to its natal position. And I said, and I, it, like, I wish I had um, 
like when you say things, you can't even hardly believe like that right. all of a sudden the government would somehow crumble as we know it. But do you know, Alex, that this month, Pluto in uh, February 22nd, actually, is our, the date where Pluto is going to return to its natal position of when the uh, United States was born. So it's, it's, we're about to see the dissolution of, of, and you're starting to see even, even now, people are fighting back. They're fighting against the mandates. They're fighting against things being put in their body. You're seeing the athletes die on the field. You can't fake that news. Right. And I mean, and and now like things are coming out and, and the corruption. In fact, I had a dream back in um, November that it was over the eclipse and I was in Sedona and I, I prayed, I I, like, what's what, cause there's a level of fear that kind of, um, you know, with all these, with all that's going on of, of our, of the government and, po- and you know what, it, with astrology, history repeats itself, right? You know, when people went to the Holocaust, the gas chambers, it's, it's similar to this feeling of being controlled, you know, and having something oppress us, very dark side of Capricorn. Now Saturn's in Aquarius. Aquarius rules um, uh, the community, the humanity. Saturn is very restrictive. It's a planet that you, it's, it's not like the, the devil, but they call it the devil. <laughs> they call it the devil in, in astrology because it's where we have to break through and, and our boundaries. We have to break through the walls. We have to break through our own walls. And, and what's happening right now, we've got walls around community. We can't get too close. Even, I mean, I don't know about you, but even like going into places that are free where you like, you know, um, I'm going to Florida next week. It's going to be unusual for me to go to a place where they're not masked. I'm in Seattle. Everybody's masked to the hilt here. And it's fine because I haven't been sick. I'm fine. You know, thank God, knock on wood. But um, when you go to places that are free, it's going to be to me unusual because it's like, you know, I can see that. I live in Florida and we don't know what the hell's going on. (laughs) Like well, Fl- Florida is that state when they're like, Hey, if you go outside, it's going to be dangerous. And we're like challenge accepted. Maybe tell me, I don't know what the number's like, but the, is the vitamin D. I, I don't know. Maybe they don't get it there. Cause they, uh, COVID walked into my house in October, Adam. Yeah. And I swear I like 23 people at this party all got sick. They were all double vaxxed. I, I, me and my family, we don't vax. Okay. I, right. I actually was gifted. And here's another spirit little encounter. I love the spiritual encounter. My life is so rich with spirit encounters every day. I mean, I, I get messages in looking at the ground, looking up, looking down. I, I get messages all the time. And that's my, my, what I love about the spirit world, Adam, is that you can, if you surrender to the spirit world and you just have faith and you trust, you'll be led, you'll be guided. And so I have felt guided not to do the vax. And to each their own. That's, you know, I'm truly Aquarius that way. But I will, I will fight for, for our freedom. I will absolutely Yeah, fight. so here, put it, put it in this perspective, right? Here, so people listening understand, regarding the vaccination, I did it, you didn't do it. Not everyone has pickles on their hamburgers. <laughs> and you're not yeah. going to force them to have pickles on their hamburgers. People are going to make choices. And right. when you start having powers to be, say, you must do this, you better question that. Even if it's innocent, even if the powers of be were to say you need to wear sunscreen, still question it. 
because it's yeah. it's what we're supposed to do. If we just accepted the word of something above us, we'd all be wearing the same jumpsuit and doing the same job at the same rate of pay and then paying the people above us. It just we you have to question that stuff. This isn't Rome, right? This isn't ancient Rome, which some of our politics are, but I'm not going to get it. I'm not a politics. I don't like politics. But the point I make of this is people are going to have differences in opinion. Uh, they're going to have differences in desire. And yeah. some people, like, they have a fear. And you and, and don't try. And I see people doing this a lot. They try to help people with their fears, with education. <laughs> that doesn't work for everyone. Me, I, I'm one of these people. I'm a pretty smart guy. But even that that smart guy, if I get something wrong with me health-wise, remember we were talking about the vitamins earlier, yeah. before the night's over, I fully diagnose myself with every problem you could imagine around that, that particular, like, uh, there's a pain in my knee, but what could it be? Did I tear this? Did I do that? Did I do this wrong? I, it's not just good enough for there's a pain in the knee. I overthink it. So now, if you, it, let's say, hypothetically speaking, I don't like the vaccine for whatever reason, and they try to educate it on me. You did the wrong thing because now you fueled me with it, the information that I could really, it's going to make my mind run wild. So you can't do it. For, it's just not for everybody. I did it because like, oh, you, you know, you want to not be affected by this. You want to travel. And, you know, people close to me are like, well, you know, now, you know, there's going to be harmful effects on you. I'm like, well, that's what they got lawyers for, right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> there's yeah. no shortage of those guys looking to get a bite out of that industry. So, <laughs> Wow. I, I get it. I just, the, the one, I don't know. I feel like we're not meant to be oppressed. We're, we're meant to be free. And, and it's like Dr. Peter McCullough says, um, the only thing you really have is your body and that you own it. You know, don't let somebody else impose their will over it. That's all. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But you know, one thing, and I, and I wish I had that um, quote with, you know, Jim Dean, he was a writer and what, what I wanted to like add on about that power of the written word, power of the mind, power of your wand, is that out of fiction, we've got this nightmare. I, that Jim Dean wrote about um, a lung disease coming out of Wuhan, specifically. It was, it was that. And it, and it makes me believe, truly, that when you put things down on paper, fiction or not, if we put enough energy on something, it can come to pass. So that's why, even in this dark time that we're in, it seems like the apocalypse. I mean, people are talking about the rapture. To me, yeah. <laughs> rapture to me is when you come to the consciousness of nothing but love, and you can love humanity, and you can love your enemies, and you can you can love the one you're with. And if you can't love, you know, if you can't be there aligned with them, while well, you move on to the next higher ascension manual. And, and you would, you meet your, your lessons and we are all spiritual beings embodied in the flesh. And when, and when you go to a job that you don't like, politics starts to ensue. So people get you out of there. You don't want to hate them. You just want to thank them for, for blessing your path to, to the next experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, that, that, that word rapture was pushed on me when I was a kid. And I remember, remember looking into that. I'm like, you know, what if this rapture thing's real? And I'm, I'm real. Cause I, you know, when you're a kid, I don't know when I was a kid, you do something stupid and you know, you grew up in a Catholic house, like God saw it. You're in trouble. You know what I mean? It's like Santa Claus almost. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I looked yeah. into it. It turns out the rapture was like a, a theory from a Dutch Welshman. Right. Well, it wasn't even in the Bible. That word does not exist in the Bible. Rapture is nowhere in the literature. Right. So, but it's closely associated with Christianity because this guy interpreted this from reading several parts of the Bible, and that's the conclusion he came to, right? 
which is a good example that, you know, the powers to be, meaning us, humanity at some higher level of education, preach downward to other people, and we accept this. We accept this as, as uh, you know, fact. And it's indeed, it's not. It's a theory. I mean, most everything we call science today was a theory yesterday, and everything that was a theory yesterday was the imagination of someone in youth based on, based on something they, they learned or interpreted. It's kind of dangerous business. So for what you're saying, though, about love and people recognizing one another for what we really are and what we really are is a species. We are all brothers and sisters of, of one home, Earth. <laughs> I, I've yet to meet someone who came from, I don't know, Venus. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that, that, I could see there'd be a little difference there. That, 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 you're not a brother or sister of Earth. Where'd you come from? But till that day comes, it's kind of crazy to think people, like I, I, I still, and I say this so many times, I can't believe that racism's still around. It blows my mind. It <laughs> when you look at technology, which is leapfrogging us by by milestones, you know, in the next decade, when when you were talking about twenty thirty, and by by twenty thirty, AI, if it's not already independent, might end up being independent by then. It's all, yeah. I mean, it's already controlling algorithms. It's already right now in my house is this device called Alexa, and it knows more about me than my own mother. Wow. <laughs> because it studies your every word, what you look up, what you do, what you buy, what you listen to. It knows me. If I were to call my mother right now, I'm like, mom, I'm in the mood to listen to music. What do you suggest? She'd probably give me something I would never consider listening to. But Alexa knows based on your, your current algorithms and your listening, here you go. And, and at first you might not like it, but I promise you will, because they listen to you. They, t- it's tailored to do that. So well, Adam, Promise yourself you won't trade in your lover for the Alexa. Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> Can't do right. it because Alexa won't challenge me, right? If uh-huh. I, if I have, I, sometimes you look, people are like, well, I'm in a relationship, we argue a lot. That's a good thing because if you were with someone you had agreed with everything you said, that's not a relationship. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. some sort of weird employee that you have that they're getting paid to deal with that shit. <laughs> so about arguments but what i do feel when i do find myself if ever you know getting defensive i have to watch that train myself to not react and see what it is that they're triggering me so that i go deeper into where my pain is because if you look at the pain body and you breathe into that to me adam true love is undefended sure and so you know when when you talk about arguments i i don't know i I think certainly people need to challenge us. Well, yeah, Absolutely. when when I say arguments, I don't mean like, you know, throwing things, screaming, I hate you arguments. Sometimes you're like, all right, here's an example. Hi, honey, I want to have chicken tonight. And she's like, no, I want to have steak. Well, and then you have what you call a disagreement until a consensus is formed by the household, right? And or, right. or, or the two of you come to some sort of middle ground where you end up having pasta. Yeah. But the point is, if you don't have that, it's, it's, it's not a relationship. It's, it's a, it's a dictatorship oh, yeah. and you don't want that. You, and you, even if it's not that, even if you guys are like-minded, so like-minded, we're humans. That's going to bore us. Let's be honest. We, yeah. we, we barely get through TV shows these days without being like, I don't know. I'm gonna look at my phone real quick. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's horrible. I, I could watch a documentary start to finish, but even I am guilty of checking my social media time to time. It's, that's just the, the nature of us. So you can't have a relationship where, where you're completely complacent and everything's okay because it, it's not, you'll, you'll come undone somehow. 
We yeah. need challenge. We need pushback. We need those things. And we need to push back on, you know, questioning the government sure. in the most of what we're, you know, and, and I, and when you mentioned Santa Claus, I just thought of something, you know, I think really like church used hell, like, you know, parents oh, yeah. control kids and it starts from that age. Like we, we go up, we grow up and we believe in Santa. We believe if we're just good, you know, we'll go to heaven for just good. We'll get the toys. And if we're just good, we'll get our passports. Well, I'm sorry. It's just gone too far now. It's yeah. gone too far. I agree with and you. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> this is scary truth, by the way. The reason people don't murder people in troves, and it's not because, not all of us, but the majority of us, we're not good-willed people. There's a fear of, of you know, like an outcome. You'll go to hell, you'll go, you'll go to prison. So law enforcement and, and uh, religion, it's, it's one and the same in how people behave. Like, no one wants to go to prison because it's terrible. You're going to get killed. No one wants to go to hell because you hear what's going to happen there. If you, God, you know, if you remove God from the equation or, you know, there's going to be neighbors like, you know, I never liked the guy next door. Now that I know there's no God, he's done. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the truth. Like, and I want to say people have a good moral compass as a whole, but let's be honest. When I was a kid, I was only behaving 100%, I don't know, month before Christmas, <laughs> you know, because logically to me, it's like, well, if he's watching, he's watching now. <laughs> so. It's on. It's the truth, though. It's the nature of people. It would be wonderful if we all had a good moral compass facing true north, and we, but we just don't. And it, well, it, go ahead, I'll finish your statement. Well, I want to tell you. Yeah, the the example of that again is people creating more titles for division. I, I am pro a lot of things. I'm not going to go into specifically what their titles are because there's so many. But at the end of the day. I just, I think we should just care about people and these titles got to go. We just, we should just want to treat one another well, regardless of what our choices, what our likes or dislikes are, you know, because people need, we're, we're going to be different. And, but that's a good thing to be diversified. It's good for culture. It's good for all around. So. Because when we label people, we limit them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your neighbor or a neighbor. Right. You know, this is why I love astrology because astrology, let me tell you a little bit of my, my um, love of, of this science. And it is a science. And, you know, people say it's not, but it is. It's, it's a fascination of like the lessons of the, the planets and how they come to a theater near you. It, it blows my mind every day. You know, like for instance, when you take a chart of a birth, the moment of the stars that were in the certain category, you talked about people kill people in troves or whatever. Right. Uh, maybe just maybe at the time that they were born, they have some hard aspects between Mars and Saturn and Pluto. Or when people come to your life, you know, on certain days, you know, like for instance, um, when transiting Jupiter comes and, or let's say, um, yeah, Jupiter comes to your, let's say your relationship house, It'll be time for you to focus in on that energy of your life. Now, you coupled um, Jupiter's wife, Hera, the wife of Zeus. When she comes to your experience, what is Juno? Juno, she's, it's called Juno, the asteroid Juno. And when Juno comes to whatever house placement that's in your, your map, you know, on the, um, you've got your, your natal chart, 
but then you've got the transits that are going on around you with the planets and how they affect your natal chart. Well, let's say Juno comes to your relationship house or um, Juno comes, wherever Juno lands is where we have to resolve, observe, and hopefully master jealousy. So, and the way I see the planets, it's like we master the seven deadly sins. Mars in our relationship house will bring out a, a competitive relationship and, or you'll feel like you're fighting more, or you feel like you, you're attracted to somebody who brings out warrior-like energy or even competition and jealousy because Mars can be jealous too, you know, or it, when Juno hits Chiron, Chiron is a link of where there's a betrayal or there's a, a wound. It's, it's the wound. It's where we wound others. It's where we are wounded. So when transiting Juno or even somebody's own planets, let's say Juno hits your Chiron, you're going to heal jealous wounds, right? If, if Mars comes to Venus, like it's going to be in the sky right now in February, all through February, March and April, oh my goodness, we are going to have so much love planet activity going on that, that everybody's going to want to be in love. You'll wa- watch, watch, you'll be more loving. I, and I'm not just saying that to plant seeds. It's because Mars and Venus are going to be playing with each other. But what is Mars? It's the God of war. It's action. But it's also where we fall into depression when we're not in action. And what is Venus? Venus is love. It's peace. It's our values. It's our self-worth. It's, our, it's the way, the power of love and what, how we attract money. But what I love about planetary action is, is you can see what other people's planets do to your chart to trigger where you need to heal. You know, like for instance, Black Lilith Moon, which deals with repressed anger, what we repress, where we have to say no, repressed rage, let's say sits in your sixth house, which is the house of health and or uh, it's the Virgo house, which what is Virgo? Virgo wants clean. It wants neat. It wants organization. It wants details. It wants analysis, but it can be overanalyzing and over, over the top. People who have several planets in the sixth house are workaholics. And when they're not working, they go home and they clean and they organize. You place black Lilith moon, somebody's black Lilith moon, let's say on your own say you have a stellium of activity in Virgo, there's going to be irritation that that person's kind of messy, you know, or, um, or, or you'll react if things are not so clean. So, so you can see where people's triggers are. You can see what, how they love. You can see um, what the chemistry is between the people when their planets show up to hit your planets. And that way you can, you can see a healing, you know, Um, if, Mars comes to, and everybody knows about Mars, uh, Mars, if it comes to somebody's ascendant, it's going to be a hot fire attraction, right? But it's also a pushy energy. And sometimes people can get aggressive, too aggressive. So there's a vulnerability there with the ascendant being your physical body. And when somebody places their Mars on your ascendant, Yes, they can drag you to the back and make out with you, but they can also be a little over the top physical, right? You place Mars on somebody's Pluto. Pluto is a you know an intense, deep, powerful, shadowy kind of rules the god of uh, Hades, the underworld. It's going to bring out your shadow, and if your Pluto's in Scorpio, well, there's going to be some secrets. So I like the way that astrology shows up. 
even on like meeting dates, you can take a meeting of two people that get together, say online or whatever, you know, what was the meeting time of, of you meeting your lover? I can tell you that whatever shows up in the stars on that day is going to play out in that relationship. If, if there's a June, and I see this all the time, if on the meeting date, the moon is in Gemini, which rules the mind and it's mental stimulation is, Oh, I like this. I like that. I like, I like, uh, it's a hunger for knowledge, but where it is challenged is the heart chakra. So it's always in the head has, it's a long path to the heart. So it keeps things always going, spinning, 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 spinning. When you place, if you meet somebody with a moon in Gemini, or sorry, not with the moon in Gemini, but on a Gemini meeting day, it's not that Gemini moons are. What would are, the, so I'm a Gemini, by the way. Okay. Right. So what's the Gemini meeting day? What day is that? How do they? Like, like if you meet with a moon in Gemini. Okay. Because the moon has a light side and it has a dark side. The light side of Gemini is, is the writing. It's the speech. It's communication. It's the media, it's journalism, it's fake news, and it's, you know, it's, it's the draw of the written word, right? It's everything with media, with anything that's written words. It's the encyclopedia, you know, that's, that's Gemini, because they always have lots of in, interesting facts. And, and so when you talk about the, you know, you racing and pacing with being caught in your mind, it's not abnormal for Gemini, but the way through that, the remediation is to get into your body and to get into the physical, like do some cardio, do some yoga, you know, to get out of your, go get a massage, try putting the tension on the body and, or the heart, you know, that's, that, that's the way through it or to eat really well. Because sometimes when you, when you're racing like that and you don't have good nutrition, you're sugared up or something or all these energy drinks, or you're having too much coffee, you're going to pace and race, you know, your mind's going to spin. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just naturally, even I cut coffee out of my diet a long time ago, cutting, I've cut sugar out of my diet. Um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to make more of a healthy diet, not for, I don't know, I guess my, for more for cognitive purposes than anything else. Um, Mm. As you're describing this to me, because I don't know very much about astrology, right? This is part of the reason why I bring you to the show to learn more. Um, As you're describing this, I picture uh, like a machine with all the planets on it brass color because that's my that's my default my brain is make things shiny but it's like this big circular machine with all the planets in it and the stars in it and as you're describing these things to me i'm seeing them move around as what a computer would do and you know the the universe our, our solar system anyway our solar system and then the stars thereafter there is a very repetitive nature to them right it's almost like a computer it's almost like a large machine that's why i I marveled the construct of the, of the universe, but for me, it's, and I, I'm sure other people that are more with, they know more about astrology, understand more than I do. But for me, I want to, I want to try to grasp more of it. I want to try to learn more about it. I really do. Uh, it's fascinating. You can't, there's so much to say about it, but my point was if you have a, a meeting of some sort, on that meeting, the, the, the way the planets are structured, the way that they're in the sky will pretty much delegate how the relationship will go. That's why <clears throat> you can save years of therapy by just knowing the date and time of, of a, an encounter. Of huh. the, not like the time you say hi online, but the time you have prana where you meet face to face. 
And what I was saying about Moon and Gemini, let's say, I use that as an example, because I see it, it's, it's, it's my, it's my most favorite moon for people to have in, you know, like in respect to their being able to communicate because they can, but, but it's the most challenging moon. If you meet some, a lover on that day, because it's so heady that people can get confused and they don't know what they want. And I like this, but I like that over there. And it can often lead to, I can't commit because I'm thinking that I'm not going to be satisfied because there's always something else. There's always something else to come up. There's always something else to learn. There's always something to read. Da, 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 da. Right. So the, what I like about meeting charts is you can see uh, where it's, where, where the challenge is if there's a square to the moon and what that will bring out. And oftentimes if, you know, let's say the moon's squaring to Saturn, Saturn's a restrictive planet. It's cold. It's made of icy rings around it. And, it represents where we, uh, as my friend Rick Levine says, it's anything that ends in ST, stunts, stints, limits, prohibits. It rules the government. It rules where we have to work hard in our life, but where we are also rewarded if we do the work. And it's a very slow-moving planet. It takes 29 and a half years to evolve. When Saturn comes to a, a certain house placement, um, this is a good example. When the day that I met that person, um, when uh, from from Missouri to Seattle, Saturn again moves twenty nine and a half years. Uh, when it was interesting because I went to this astrologer <clears throat> when I was young, in my twenties, and she said, "Oh, what?" Ha-? And this was exactly how she said it. I'm, this is it blew my mind. I wish I had the recording. She's dead, long dead now, but this is this is she taught me something so powerful and not everybody does this happen for, but it's pretty darn near close that what she said was, she said, Oh, what happened on April 27th, 1993. And I said, wow, how did you know that date was so specific for me? My jaw dropped. And she said, Oh, well, Saturn entered your marriage house. You were meant to meet your husband. Did you? And I, I was dumbfounded because that was exactly the day that I met the man that I, I didn't marry, although he wanted to marry me. I did buy a house with him. So it was, it was that specific on that day, that exact day. And when Saturn was to the degree and to the minute Saturn entered the marriage house, I met somebody that I was willing to do a legal contract with. And that's how powerful astrology is for me. So, and not everybody gets married when Saturn's in their seventh house, but they will either resolve, is this my equal partner? Is this my mutual reciprocal partner? I, I've seen people who don't know astrology, don't even try to learn it, come to me and I say, Where, when, what day did you get married? And I'll be darned if Saturn is not exact to the degree on their seventh house when they're, having, when they're saying I do at their wedding. That oh. is the power of astrology. How often yeah. do you, so for, for, uh, for people, your clients, how often are you doing this daily? Like more than twice, more than, yeah. how I do. Multiple times a day? I work, I work in a very public market, so I'm, I'm pretty busy, but I, and I work, I try to have balance. I try to work four days a week. <laughs> yeah. Cause that can be taxing, right? The majority of people I imagine, like how many people are like, Hey man, what's, what's the lottery going to be? <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know what? My answer, my go-to is that huh. I, I always say, if I knew that, do you really think I'd be here? No, yeah, that's yeah. not the truth because yeah. I'm balanced. <laughs> I'm here to say and I love my work. I, I do. I, I really love, I love my job. Yeah. There wouldn't be any readings. If I, if I knew the lottery numbers, we wouldn't be having a conversation. I wouldn't be advertising. We'd be on a little Island somewhere. Right. 
no, I've got too many plans in the sixth house. I'm a workaholic. I'm here to serve. I'm here to, I'm here to serve. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad to hear. So before we close, let's talk about your website, where people could find it. At Christopher'sLamp.com. And uh, they, they could schedule on there, right? For readings. Mm-hmm. I'm going to schedule a reading. Well, Alex, I'm sure I will, I will give you a reading um, just for taking the time for me. You, we, you can email me your information. We'll, we'll set up a time for that. Yeah, we'll okay. definitely do that. Uh, be, uh, so before closing now, um, I'm going to have this obviously in um, in description where they can find your website. Uh, and the other question I was going to have, when you do the readings, is it, is it like phone calls, Zoom, or how do you do it? I do it all. Uh, you know, it's, you know what, my food. My my most favorite stories of all about the, the spirit world, if you have a minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the story because when I was in, um, I, w- I first started at this place called Louis Cuisine. And it was the very first restaurant I went to in Seattle. And I hit it off with a manager. We just, you know, he was really easy to talk to. And anyway, I... Um, I asked him if I could read out of a space. And back then it was smoke in the bars, right? Smoke in the restaurants. And it was just too much. And I, so I went to the spirit world and I said, please, God, get me out of here. I, I'll, I don't know how I'm going to be able to read people on the phone and pull out information. It's one thing I could look at their palms and figure out the personality and, you know, be able to, you know, pull a few parlor tricks, but because, you know, palmistry is, is, is a science, too, that, you know, I could talk about that. That's a whole other day. But that um, – and people's – their, their personality really does match, you know, the size, the shape of their palm, the way their knuckles are, the way their smooth lines are on their palm olive hands versus the more knotty hands that look more weathered, you know, the people that are work, you know, more than the ones that are just, you know um, – Drinking right. bonbons all day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the people that have the good life have the palm olive hands. Let me tell you. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, my point is, I went to the spirit world and I said, I just I need to go to school. I need to finish. I need to finish my readings by eleven o'clock a.m. so I can make my classes because this reading work does, you know, all day every day. It does it gets exhausting. And um, cause I'm talking all day too. Right. Well, I need to be done by 11. I need to get through school. You pay for it. Get me out of the smoky bar. I have to trust. And I have to trust that information is going to come out of the blue from a phone call, right. To, to strangers. Anyway, I get in my car. I'm impulsive. I get in my car. I go downtown and I'm thinking, you know, the universe is just going to open up I'm going to have instant parking, instant karma. It's going to be great. And I'm going to, it's going to be like, oh, you know, the red carpet, angelic, just open the world for me. Well, that didn't exactly happen. I went around and around and around around trying to find parking. And I was at this point really frustrated. I must have gone around at least 10 times downtown trying to find easy parking. It just didn't come to me. And I was upset about that. I walked into the business license place and I pulled a number and mind you I was in tears this was not feeling very supportive from the universe right. <laughs> I pulled a number and what was the number it was the exact same apartment number D14 it wasn't F26 it was D14 and I I was elated it was like the, that was the moment that I knew the spirit world had my back that I was there, that I could read out of my apartment. And, you know, interestingly enough, this was before um, websites were even existed. Uh, all I had was a phone number. And do you know, 
on the on the web, whatever the web was back in the in the 90s, you know, was just coming out. I had just a phone number. I didn't have a website. I, that's another story. That that's a whole other story. But and that was a gift to me too. That was such a gift. But that um, phone number, people on the East Coast would call me, and they would call me early in the morning, seven o'clock, and I'd have my I'd have my. I, it was bizarre because I'm like, how did you find me? Word of mouth, yes, or it was from that web that that number that said my name and psychic in Seattle. That's all I had. That's all I could do. <laughs> and they found me. And there was 50,000 psychics even back then that was doing work. And somehow the people find me. They do. They, they find me when they're ready. That was the power of the universe, right? I, I hear that a lot. People say, put it out there, put it positive and, and retrieve positive. Hmm. Which is the message. We got to hold the space, Adam, because what I got from Jesus is what he said, when two or more are gathered in my name, so it is. Let's us and all your subscribers hold the vision of, of truly a beautiful world where we're free and where pharma doesn't have to misuse their power. <laughs> where We don't want to think about the negative. Think about the positive of what you want to create in your life because I'm not just a reader. I'm a magician. And I believe what we put mind to, we create. And as long as you're you know, conscious of what where your thoughts go and where you're thinking, you'll be able to create anything you want in the world. And, and it's... Anything you want to create in your love life and your in your financial life, but you also have to get out of your own way. And True, yeah. Healthy. Because even that being said, I, I will I will I will attest to this. I'm a wildly optimistic person, but there's always that little voice in the back of the head that says, "I don't know, man. This might not work." Now let's think about Plan B. And what ends up happening is you hear that little voice, and you start really tuning into the little voice, and you start missing the bigger picture. And I'm oh. guilty of that. Can I tell you? Can sure, I tell you one sure. story that'll help the world? So one day, I, it was this was before cell phones. Okay, it was back in the days when you put the quarters in the. Um, I don't know if you were around then, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the machine you had to like the pay phones, yeah. right? Yeah, because people don't even remember the word. Like, what the hell was that thing again? Remember the box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to make an appointment on time. It was, it was my uh, very first um, event planner who was going to help me with my getting p- parties going. Right. And I didn't want to be late because I know how important time is. Well, I, I, you know, I was paranoid. It was like, I got to get, it was, it was a 45 minute drive and was in traffic rush. I was supposed to be there at five o'clock. Anyway, I was so paranoid about making it on time. And it, I just, you know, you can't go and call somebody They're They've left their house. They're going to meet you. And again, it was before cell phone days. Well, anyway, I got in my car and I, but I looked at the tires cause I was paranoid. I'm like, Oh, I can't have anything happen. I got to make sure I've got good tread. You know, I, you know, I was preparing well, but I was also preparing for a flat tire because I was super paranoid about it. And there was no reason I looked at the tread. It was fine, but I was overly fearful about uh, it. Just focused on the tires. And you know that when I got to, I made my appointment on time, but when I came out, what did I have? I had my flat tire. I was upset. So you know what though? I owned it. I'm like, okay, I consciously co-created that. I did. So you know what universe help me because those lug nuts are going to be hard for me. And I'm dressed in a suit and I really don't have the power in me right now to go try to figure out how to change that big tire. (laughs) Not that I'm not that I couldn't done it. Okay. So I told the spirit world, 
I need a fireman. I need some help. Help me. Send, send me a good guy. Send me a fireman. Do you know this guy pulls up within two minutes and he's in regular clothes. And I joked with him. I said, oh, I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. I wanted a fireman, but you'll do. What does he do? He whips <laughs> out his badge. <laughs> so you see, even when you think negative thoughts, challenge yourself to cancel, 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 and go reinvent. What would my life be like if I had what I wanted? What would my life be like if I had the, the love of my life and I could, they were my person and that we could sustain that, you know? So, so when you go into negative, cause the mind will come up and sometimes, you know, sometimes the negative is actually warning you, you know, one time I was paying my ba- bills with um, my credit card and it was my, after the labor of my children and, I, and lots of bills to pay, but I called it in all the time on the phone. Here's my credit card. I trust it. But there was one time that I felt weird. I felt a little, I like, God, I hope this guy doesn't go off to, you know, go off and buy tickets to Hawaii. Guess what? Two weeks later, I'm seeing on my statement from Capital One, two tickets to Hawaii. And we even had their name and their seat number. But because it wasn't over 5,000, Capital One wasn't going to press charges. Not that you should probably air that because that's not a good thing to let people know that they can thieve off people. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, at that time, I don't think anyone was going to care about it. But, the, you know, at that time, well, the point I, I, I find, I mean, like, so the channeling, these are these little voices people have, these little, these little intuitions and instincts that most people disregard. An example, I get deja vu, right? I get deja vu and I, I literally, for whatever I'm doing, alter my entire day because for me deja vu's always got this feeling of nervousness with me i don't know why i always feel like oh, something's wrong you know it's like i felt like i've done this before i get this nervous feeling and i alter everything about the day that i was gonna do mm. I, I i just i don't i guess that's my way of saying i'd rather than me deal with whatever this is i feel or whatever intuition i think i have i'm just gonna walk a different direction and and divert it or stalk your mind and say, where does this thought arise? Where's this coming from? And then that'll lead you down that rabbit hole and then challenge yourself again. Oh, where's that thought coming from? Because usually the, you can trail back to the point of origin of that anxiety. Where so did that- that's where you're going to come in. Because <laughs> In the future, if I have those things, I'm going to, I'm going to email her. Hey, listen, Darlene, listen. <laughs> because it's tough. It, it's a, it's a, I, I don't want to say that it's, it's, uh, scary. It's just, it feels to me when I have deja vu, whenever I do have it, it's like a nervous feeling that makes me, it gives me the sense that something's wrong or something's going to go wrong. And so well, when it see, it might be a premonition. It might be something is forewarning you that, Hey, you know, you might, might want to check your tires, you know, good point. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. I, or you might want to check your passport. I, things like that could be gifts to you. If you, if you align with, without the fear, but trust in the spirit world to help you trust, you know, in, I'm going to have to hone that in. I mean, like I said, like I said, at the beginning of this, that's, that's these, so every skill, not these skills, every skill people have, we, we come into is something that we have to work hard at and hone it and sharpen it. If you would like, it's, it's, it's tough to, for, I don't know. No one's ever woke up, got up and said, I'm the one that's me. You know, I mean, you got to work at it. So that's something I'm going to work with over time. In the meantime, Darlene, I had a great conversation with you. That's likewise. Very nice to meet you. Indeed. And we're going to do this again. 
Yes, I'm so grateful for you having me on my show, on your show, and and thank you again. It was it was lovely. Indeed, we'll talk soon, darling. You have a good night. Thank you. You too. So much love.